0: Thank you. Thank you, Ambassador. <laughs> it takes a while to come on board. Um, same thing as, as yesterday. Uh, ask that you, you uh, state your name, uh, your tribe, um, and, and keep the question and comment uh, as to quickly as possible so that we can get to as many folks as possible. Uh, but I see uh, Chairman Ron Allen right there in the back has his hand up. Thanks, Weezy. I know how you you feel now. (laughs) So, Ron Allen, uh, Chair CEO for the Jamestown Scallam Tribe, small tribe out in Western Washington State. Um, I chair the uh, Self-Governance Advisory Committee with Department of Interior and and also over in HHIHS as well. And um, I'm also active on the Budget Committee with the Bureau of Indian Affairs. For me, I, I want to put this into perspective with the domestic policy. So, today, the federal government provides for Indian country about $28 billion across all the federal Indian programs. The need of Indian country is annually. The need of Indian country is north of $250 billion, maybe 300. billion. How do we bridge that gap for Indian country to be uh, at the same level, have the same opportunities for our communities and peoples as mainstream America? It is economic development. The federal government doesn't have the trillion more trillions more it, that, that are out there. Yes, we appreciate the, the REPA monies. Yes, we appreciate the Inflation Reduction Act. Yes, we appreciate the infrastructure money. But the question of the day is, how do you get those monies to us in a way that helps us build our economies? Today, today in the BIA alone, just the roads maintenance program is $400 million in arrears we got potholes that we can go into and come out the next day. That was a, that's, a, that's a Pine Ridge joke, you know. But so, so the point here is that we're asking of you. How, you know, got infrastructure money. How do, we, how do we get those monies out there so it's not just roads and bridges? It is broadband and getting those monies out there. Yes, you have broadband monies out there. We appreciate that. The Inflation Reduction Act. And climate change, and we got climate change in all kinds of different pockets um, in the different agencies. How do we get those monies to us timely? I would challenge you in terms of how you can move the money quicker. I know right now, with regard to monies right now, many of these departments and agencies don't have, the, have a fluid, flexible capacity to get the money to us in a timely manner. BIA has been doing a great job of getting it, doing it better. IHS over in the HHS doing it as well, getting it to us. There are vehicles that you can get those monies in there. Maybe you need to start thinking outside the box to transfer money. If you don't have the contracting capacity, then, then get it get your act together to collaborate with your, with your agencies. Department of Interior knows how to do it. Department of HHS with IHS knows how to do it. So we need to get the resources to us. We're in the trenches. You want to solve these problems, you want to enhance our economy and restore our economy to, you know, to where we want it to be, you get through the, the, the inflationary problem right we have right now, then we're a part of the solution. Thank you.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Jean and, and then uh, Mitch.
2: Well, that's a bigger question than I can take, and I would think the secretary would <laughs> who's not on the panel would be the most expert. But I do want to make one important point, though, um, to know that the president is listening, which is the $20 billion program we're talking about. Let's just be clear on one thing, and Mitch will, be to, will, will verify this as a former mayor. All of the previous recovery acts went to states, and then maybe 100 and 150 cities. That's it. And you had to kind of try to get money from other places. The $20 billion went directly to, in fact, Treasury used the broadest definition that the Secretary uh, gave them, which ended up being over 570, directly got funds so that you had so that everyone had the ability not to have to come and beg a state government or something for funds but to directly have those funds and directly start planning in a way that fit those uh, you know your local and specific needs now there were some restrictions but where there were again this goes to the administrative flexibility we heard right away we needed you needed broader definitions on broadband that we were able to do within the law, broader definitions on sewers. You came and said, "Don't have one size fits all reporting requirements." Why would you have a? Why would you make a small tribe have the same reporting requirements as a big American city with millions of people? So we changed that from quarterly to annual. We worked out an alternative to the single audit. Um, we. Uh, uh, we decided because there you know why have the presumption that you have to prove that you're in a low income area or you were disproportionately affected made all of those things automatic so you know the one thing i will say is that this is the first time we've ever done that and so a lot of things happening now were both great historic and they were flawed at the same time and that's what we have to work on These were historic things, but because they were the first time, that's what makes them special and that's what means that we have to learn the lesson. But I will say on the economic development side, I wanna give a little shout out to Commerce Department here. When we had our big $1 billion Build Back Better Regional Development Challenge, 15 of 60 of the finalists were from tribal governments or indigenous communities, 15 of 60, 11 of the 32 winners of the good jobs challenges also. So there really was on the economic development side and the main tools we had, a real desire to work together and a desire to give as much autonomy and flexibility, not just to uh, tribal governments as a whole, but to each and every one. So I think we got a lot right in the way you're saying, but I also think we inevitably have a long way to go.
1: Mitch, do you want to add
3: anything here? Yeah, just a couple of quick things. Every time we see the president, he says, go faster and do more and, and hurry up. He says, hurry the hell up, but he says, don't tell anybody that he says that. But In any event, when, you know, I was from New Orleans and we had 17 feet of water in our city after Katrina, which caused us to bleed 40% of water out of our pipes. So we actually have potholes that you can drive in and drive out of the next day. And I filled a lot of them. But everything that you said is exactly right. We have to go faster and we have to do better. Everybody on this day can attest to the fact that we've conducted 16 cabinet-level meetings where every one of the cabinet secretaries that you spoke about talked to each other about how they can work better and faster together to get money directly to tribal communities. Every one of the departments has a tribal liaison um, Deb helps lead that effort on behalf of the federal government. And, of course, there are some agencies that do more direct contact with tribal communities than others, but every one of them is in the fight every day. We've already pushed out $185 billion. $13 billion of that money, as I said, was directly um, directed to the tribal communities, and we're always trying to go better because we know that if we get it in your hands and we know if the plans that are made in consultation with you, the economic growth and development that you're talking about, That may not completely close that gap. Congress is going to have to deal with that. Actually gets you in a much better position than we have been. This is, again, a -a once-in-a-generation opportunity. So, Susan, to your question about ways we have to continue to work together, communicate. You also, outside of the tribal community, talk to your states about the plans that they're putting together, Madam, about high-speed Internet, where they're going to lay it, how they're going to do it. Secretary Raimondo is leading that effort through the Department of Commerce and in partnership with um, the FCC and Interior and the USDA. The same thing is true about water rights as well and reclamation, which, which um, Deb's team is doing an unbelievable job. And we understand it. We know it. We agree with you. And that's why we're working as hard as we can to get the money to you as fast as we possibly can. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Can I add something? Please, please
3: do. I just want to add, you know, each, like you're saying,
1: and I'm really glad that you're recognizing that each of us are different because some of us have the staff. And we're able to work, sit down and work with you, and tell you these. This is what we need. This is what uh, on some issues, and some of us don't. And therefore, when you tell us we need this information, um, we got to hire somebody. Right. We have to find somebody who can help us help ourselves, um, because we all know that you know state and federal rules sometimes just don't apply to us. And so uh, having that flexibility is going to be really important in recognizing who you're working with and how, how much knowledge and how much technical people we do have on board. Thank you, Chair Wimbergen. And, uh, Wizzy, back to you.
0: Great. Next, next question. Who has their hands up? Um, let's, uh, let's get someone over here from this side, the,
4: in the middle here. Hi, right, Dennis Robinson Dennis Robinson, president of the Kowalangan Tribe of Unalaska. You you talk of broadband and land fiber, uh, but the state of Alaska has over 120 tribes that will not get broadband through fiber. Um, And we can do it with a fraction of the cost of fiber with satellite and still have 5G speeds available to us, but we can't seem to get the money out to be able to, to accomplish that. And like I said, we have 120 tribes that, that will probably not have broadband anytime soon unless it's, unless it's put in with, uh, by, by satellite.
3: Can I respond to that? that you, you, you're exactly right. What's going on right now, um, Congress mandated that each state actually map out and put a plan together and then present it to us. They didn't want to send any money out until the mapping had been done appropriately and, as Susan said before, equitably – so every program that we're talking about is a direction to the governor or to a cabinet secretary is that when you come back with a plan, you better make sure that you cover everybody in every way. Those are every one of the state plans is being put together right now. Alaska will present its plan to us in, in the next couple of months. The FCC will look at that. There will be a chance to for folks to challenge it to make sure that they actually got everything right, not only from a technology point of view, but also from uh, a connection point of view. And you will have states, Alaska is a, a great example of this, where fiber is, is not the, the technology-proof mechanism to do that, and you can do it through satellites. So we're waiting for the governor's plan. I hope that you guys are informing what the state is doing in that regard because one size doesn't fit all um, across the country.
1: I think you really need to look at the FCC plans because we developed our plan, and we had to prove there was this right. area Was no service area. That's correct. What they were able to say, there's 10 homes in this area. We serve one, and therefore they provide service for this area, which is not adequate. So FCC rules need to be a little bit reviewed to see because that means nine out of those 10 homes do not provide service, and they're saying we cover them.
3: Well, the point that she made is exactly why Congress said that before we push the money out, we want to see a plan that fixes that particular problem. So the FCC is running the mapping process right now in partnership with the Department of Commerce. When all of those maps are forwarded to us, everybody's going to have a chance to look at them and object. Then once we sign off of them, every state will receive the next day within a reasonably short period of time, $100 million to actually start the build out. But they have to get the mapping done, which is what they're in the process of doing. And then, of course, the prob- pro- the probability of using satellite in places where you cannot physically lay fiber is a- always on the table.
1: Thanks, Mitch. I think we have time for one more question. Wizzy?
5: We're ready for our next
1: one. One last question. One last one.
5: Uh, let's go
0: to the middle here. and we have in the, Right in the back is his hand up right there in the middle.
4: Yes. Good morning. My name is Emmanuel Hart, tribal chairman for the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe. I'm also the chairman for the 10 tribes on the Colorado River Basin. So when we talk about infrastructure for water, some of these tribes haven't even got their water rights quantified. So how are we going to expedite some of this to get this moving so tribes can have water and the equity of it to get it to each one of the tribe and their needs? Also, we have on Ute Mountain, Ute Tribal Reservation, we expand into three states. So when we look at our BIA roads, it's probably about 600 miles of road, and I only get allocated $1 million, and that's not even enough, and that barely takes care of snow removal. But just some concerns. Uh, each tribe has a different soils. Our soils are expansive soils, and when you build homes, you have to put uh, pillars into them and sometimes it's hard to even estimate the cost of infrastructure, housing, because your construction costs for material has really skyrocketed. Your labor costs have gone up. So with the money that's being allocated by Congress, wholeheartedly, we appreciate it. But this is just the tip of the iceberg for everybody across the country. You deal with 50 states. Sometimes we have pass-through dollars that come through states and they eventually get to tribes, but putting money just straight toward the tribes without going through a middle person is better because 50 states is okay, but you have 574 recognized tribes in this country, and you need to prioritize how you're gonna to get that, to meet the needs of these tribes because they're really behind on infrastructure about 60, 60 years or more. Thank you. I'll just say amen to that. You
3: need more, we need more money. The more direct allocation is always better. I would just quickly say to you, sir, I'm, there, there are people in this building who are much more capable of answering the water rights issue. But um, I, I was out at the Hoover Dam not long ago, and you know, especially in the Colorado Basin, we've got major water issues in the country. The Bureau here is leading that effort and working and working on that um, as as we go.
2: Um, just quickly, I just want to stress that um, one of the flexibilities that we gave in the state local plan was that uh, you have almost complete flexibility with revenue loss, and we did what we called the standard deduction. If you got 10 million or under, you had complete flexibility, and that went directly to 579 tribal governments and tribal bands. Um, So that was, um, uh, so that funds can be used for anything, and that that has gone directly and is under the discretion. And I know there's, and that includes broadband, and I, I imagine you might have been using the American Rescue Plan funds for that. And I have to do one last thing, which is just hold up the Tribal Recovery Report that was done by Treasury Department. And I wanted you to see it because it highlights a lot of the great work uh, and innovative projects been done. And I also want to hold it up because it's supervised by Ch- uh, Chief Lynn uh, Malerba, the first Native American treasurer of the United States in the history of the United States, whose signature will now be on all the currency going forward.
1: And let me just ask before we wrap up if uh, any of the other panelists would want to say anything. Uh, please. I, I, when I was asked to be on this panel, I thought, wow. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> But I also, I look out here and and all of us have a story. Every single one of us have a story. And we need to tell it. Thank you. President Gravel, anything you want to say?
4: I just want to thank all of the tribal leaders who are here today. I agree with uh, Chairwoman Brigham. We do have a story. We should tell our stories so that we can help our people. And we should never quit telling our stories. Uh, Thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you all.
5: I just want to say one word uh, reflecting on what the president said earlier and what the first question was, which is I think the whole theory of these, you know, we talk about them as bills and programs and money and this and that. It's all about a development strategy, about Trying to get to the tribal base, the community base, create a plan, and the and the challenge for us is how the federal government can organize itself, then to support what the president was saying, to to be basically to sync up to provide the technical and uh, resources, and then the money will flow. But in the end of the day, it's not just about grants. and and money, it's about developing uh, better lifestyles and bringing equity into the country across uh, both Indian country and into disadvantaged communities across America. So I think that's
1: where we need to go. And I look forward to getting your ideas. Thank you all so much. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your participation. I want to thank our panelists, John Podesta, President Gravel, Chairwoman Brigham, Jean Sperling, Mitch Landrieu. Thank you all very much. Thank you.